Welcome to Death Metal Dukes. Whoa, that's a piggy boy. Hey, if you're not watching us on YouTube like you should be, we are recording in a different studio this time. We gotta. Li- I got to go to Chicago. I got shows all week. Uh, well, this will be out after that, so you missed out. Uh, uh, yeah, here we are, man. We're recording all by ourselves. And this week we got a fucking ripper. I've been hearing cries. Please begging for us to get back into the supernatural the paranormal reached by none other than an outer space visitor young aliens you know what i'm saying people have been asking for aliens or a crypto zoo what the fuck what are you a crypto crypto zoologist that's like the person though right what's the animal like a crypto zoo just a study of it the study of it's all it's that's a fucking cryptid Cryptid is the animal, all right. Yeah, something, but yeah, we picked aliens, man. I found, I mean, we're doing uh, Fire in the Sky, essentially. It's not uh, as popular. It is. There's a lot of information on it out there that you can disseminate yourself, you can look through. If you guys remember from our last series, I fucking don't like alien people. But honestly, man, I think this might be the best UFO movie Fire and Sky Rips is a movie, and uh, I mean, what we'll get into tonight is this incident. It's a, I think it's the most famous alien abduction because so much is based on it. Uh, they took a lot of elements of this to encounters, close encounters of the third kind, and uh, that other couple that got invaded by aliens was part of that too. Uh, and then, of course, Fire in the Sky, the movie, and then he wrote a book about it, and they wrote a book about his account of it. And this thing's been run through the fucking ringer, up and down, whether it was bullshit or whether it was the truth. (laughs) 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 Laughing at alien truth is what I'm about. Uh, But, man, I'll tell you this. This guy, Travis Walton, that got abducted, allegedly, he is stuck to the same story for 42 years. Now, as far as getting into a lie a small lie entails so much just a small lie because if you tell somebody man i work for nickelback and you want to keep that going you're gonna have to every single encounter you have with them find a way to enhance your story by corroborating like yes i was here so you're gonna have to look and see where nickelback was at You're going to have to do a lot of work to stay on top of your lie. It's not a self-maintaining thing. Lies can be life-ruining because you have to put so much work into maintaining it. You don't want to go away. You don't want to get found out as a liar. And lying to me, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is uh, it's a funny thing because most of the time when you – I work in a restaurant, so I hear wacky shit all the time. And – Usually when somebody tells you a lie, there's there's nothing malicious behind it. But your first it's just like they're trying to they're trying to enhance them. They're trying to enhance themselves. They're they trying, want you to hang out with them essentially. They want you to be cool. They want you to be like, "Hey man, he's cool. Let's hang out." Right. Yeah, they they just want to they just want you to they they're trying to paint a picture of themselves for you to look at and decide, "I want to hang this on my wall." And I got no problem with that. The more the older I get, because I get it, um, you, you should feel good if someone's telling you a wacky lie because there's some stock in you that they're seeing that they want to embrace them, embellish themselves enough to get you interested in them. So when it comes to something like this, there's several other theories as to why the lie could have happened if it is, in fact, a lie that are far more nefarious than just having a cool story. And this is goes into the territory of religion. It goes into the territory of uh, just scams in general. It could be a, a very solid hoax. I mean, there was a lot of money that came in on this. So there's definitely motive for it to be a lie. Uh, if, if aliens do in fact exist, if they have been on the earth, if anyone's ever been abducted, I would say this account is the most likely way that it happened. Yeah. Wait, my, my thing is this, is it's probably a little bit more um, plausible than any religious, like anything to do with God, only because there's so many different solar systems within the galaxy. 
Oh, yeah, well, alien encounters in general are certainly way more plausible than God. And they're also more current, too, man. I, I don't, I guess in uh, foreign countries, you may have run-ins with, with Christ or whatever because you saw some statue's eyes bleeding or a stigmata. But generally today, you don't hear about people talking to God. And that's a whole thing that the Bible is based on. There's so many firsthand encounters with God, the voice of God, God giving people X, Y, or Z instructions. And that's one thing that should really shake anyone who's a believer to the core is the idea that God did used to talk to people and now he doesn't. Now, I know we we often, I think we go more hyper-religious than any other true crime comedy podcast because we, we're well-versed in it. But when Jesus died, he supposedly tore half of the temple apart, which was the part of the temple where the priests would be at where they spoke to God. And you spoke to the priest to get your request to God. So there was a middleman in between you and God. Well, supposedly Jesus cut that out. That was part of his whole gag is that when he died for your sins, he became the direct line of communication. So when you pray... You're praying directly to Jesus Christ, directly to God. You don't need a middleman anymore, so nobody hears the exact voice of God. But as far as alien abductions, I looked up the stats today for how often it happens. In the year 2017, there's still over 100,000 reports of abduction every single year, which with the way that technology's progressed, major knock on religion— major knock on ufos there's no evidence of it still yeah so it's hard to say i i feel like if these encounters happened there would definitely be evidence by this point in time same thing with heaven you know it's like if if you die and you go to heaven if you believe in jesus some way that would have been breached by now we've done so much with technology in such a short amount of time any sort of extraterrestrial activity should be able to be exploited by now well i yeah i'll play devil's advocate but if there is civilizations beyond this galaxy maybe that maybe uh They've lasted longer than we have, and maybe their technology is so far advanced that they, they can still they can still uh, get away with not leaving any traces or forensics or whatever the fuck you want to call them. But uh, being skeptical is a healthy thing. But jumping into something just full force without like really researching, man, that's not. So yeah, yeah. Know. There's got there's a balance, and I, let me say, I like this shit. I like it. I'm just giving you a backlog because we're doing two episodes on this. And the first one is a fucking thriller because what happened, if it happened like this, it's absolutely bonkers. And it's several witnesses. And again, they've all stuck to the story for years. Was there a motive to do it or was there not? We're going to find that out in the next episode. This episode, we're about to go on a thrill ride. And this is the most hyped I've ever felt about aliens before because it seems... Not that unlikely the way it happened. I, I, you know, I don't know enough to not know if aliens are here or not. And I'm not going to spend time doing it because I hate alien people. That's what I'm trying to say. The people that engross themselves in aliens are the worst. They all like Godsmack. Yes. And so that is a, a vibe of personality that I cannot fuck with. I've tried. You know, I can get along with everybody. I get along with 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 rap fans. Um, I get along with uh, really the the one genre of person that I I can never stomach is the die hard radio hard rocker. Oh man! Because it they when especially if they know there's more out there. Did you fucking uh, happen to see the uh, uh, Breaking Benjamin? New single that came out because it, no. it popped up in my feed <laughs> on Facebook. It popped up in my feed and Facebook, and I was like, "Well, we got to listen to this," and it was awful. Why? Well, we got to listen to this. What gave you that fucking reaction? Why? Why you make it go, man? I just got to see what it's about. I got to make sure. I saw hair gel. Yeah, heavy hair gel. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? And then I saw it's a uh, staple of the genre. Yeah. A well put, a, an, in, an in place hair. 
yeah. is a is a staple of new metal. You know, you got two guitar players and one plays a Paul Reed Smith and one plays an ESP. You know that you're gonna make a hit, man, and you're gonna make some fucking money. I don't know what that means. I get I, that they're guitar brands, but I don't see where the <laughs> I don't see where it functions. <laughs> hey, man, uh, Paul Bear, they play a PRS and a ESP. Hey, they're making hits too. So I guess. Hits, man. <laughs> Well, shit, man, we might as well jump into this. Now, you got to know. You got to know. You got to know. We got to know. We're coming to Fort Worth, Texas. What's up? A live show. Yeah. Maine at Southside is the name of the venue. Mass for short. It's going to be on Father's Day. That sounds weird, but they do huge Sunday shows. Now, me and Buddy are both fathers. We we could be with our kids having a barbecue uh, and I could be making Buddy eat bratwurst. But Ugh. what we're going to do is we're going to go to Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to show up. We're going to give you a hell of a show. We want to treat your dads the way that they should be treated. Yeah, bring them out, man. Uh, get with get with us on the times. It'll be posted on all of our social media. It's in the evening. We're going to do a podcast first, and then we're going to do a comedy show, which I'm headlining. So you're going to get me doing comedy for 45 minutes at the end. It's going to be Tremendous. And listen, the way this show's working, we talked about ticket prices and, and we came up with this because it's a music venue. They have comedy shows. They usually charge a set amount for a comedy show. I'm say it over and over again. I'm DIY. We're DIY. We, we, we're not a punk band, but we're punks and we grew up into liking metal. But that type of ethos, though, do it yourself, work hard, plan ahead, let your fans or friends pay what they want and that's what i decided to do we're going to make the show pay what you want so here's the deal you're going to come to the show podcast comedy show you don't have to leave and come back for the other one you don't have to pay two separate amounts what you want to pay for it pay that we get all the proceeds the venues just taking the drink tickets this is how everything should be i believe this is the best way to do music this is the best way to do comedy because if you are a fan of what we do, if you're a fan of what your favorite band does, then you're going to show up, you're going to give the right amount, and you're going to have a great time. You're not going to be stressed out about not having enough money. You know, maybe there's a lady in the audience with some big knockers, and she just drops them right on your head. Rocket knockers, man. She just drops <laughs> them on your dad's head, drops them on your <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are bonding? Yeah, bring your dad out, man, because there's probably going to be some rocket knockers, I'm sure. I mean, we need to take a big-ass fucking, like, Gang fucking photo of dads. Yeah. Hard style pick, man. Hard style pick. Well, to get a hard style pick, you could take a hard style picture with the death metal dicks. After Bring the your pitbulls. Eddie, yo, uh, 100% will be hanging out when the show's over. We're staying in town. We'll do whatever you want to, all right? We're, we'll be very influenceable. So, Fort Worth, Texas, we'll see you guys June 17th, Father's Day. That's about a month out. So, let's pack it out. And another thing about pay what you want. Again, if you don't have a lot of money, or if you do have a lot of money, and this is your shit, go one way or the other. And also, let's pack it out, you know, because ostensibly, it could be a free show, you know? You just show up. We want to pack it out. The idea is to show venues across America that death metal dicks are a ton of fun and a great fucking act to book. So when we pack a place out, like the last show, it shows people that we're not fucking around. And we're going to have a good time. So hopefully we'll see you. Main and Southside, Fort Worth, Texas, June 17th. Come out and come. Of come course, out and come. Come out and come, man. Of course we... Hey, we're going <laughs> to hook y'all up with somebody, man. <laughs> yeah, I would, like love to do, I would love to do like a matchmaking. Oh, man. You like dudes? Yeah. You like dogs? <laughs> yeah. You like cats? Yeah. Cats are hard to fuck. You can't fuck a cat, man. They're not hard. They're not only a cat is not hard to fuck. You can't fuck a cat. You cannot fuck a cat. I'm 100% convinced because you you for you can't even make a cat do anything he doesn't want to do. So even if the the cat definitely doesn't want to fuck. Hey man, I remember one time my grandparents were Wednesday night church service and they had this shitty fucking cat named Snuggles. Snuggles. I hated that motherfucker, but I was fired up with porn. Yeah, fucking watching that boy, did. and then it just smelled my dick, and was like walking around my leg with its <laughs> tail lifted up. Like it was like, "Hey, it pound smelled me. your dick." I guess. I mean, <laughs> it was just walking around my leg, like, "Come on, pound me up." And I, man, I could have be having some fucked up kids, but that cat died luckily because I fucking hated it. So that cat wanted to fuck. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, I know cats do that thing where they like rub and show hole. Yeah, man. Yeah, they show hole, dude. They like it bend was, over and man, they, they really don't want do, it, man. They don't do nothing, man, except fucking one hundred percent. If you get moist and they walk around, that's by choice. <laughs> <laughs> you love saying that, man. Voice <laughs> <Hey>, choices. <laughs> Yo, so also we appreciate you guys listening so much. We have a great time doing the podcast. And we're doing it right now in an RV that was gifted to me by my grandparents some years ago. So we're getting use out of everything. It's a true do-it-yourself endeavor. We keep growing and growing, and we have you guys to thank for every moment of that. And we appreciate you so much just for listening. If you're into what we do, there's some super easy ways that you can help us out. And uh, I hate feeling like we're asking for stuff, but, man, we make a free show and if you guys are into it, please do the free shit and help us out. Just go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, type anything you want to in the comics. Doesn't Comments, doesn't matter what it is. You can talk to me about cats you've had sex with. You can convince me that a cat will have sex with you, I'll shout you out on the podcast. Absolutely. If you have a good argument for that, put it in there. Five stars, here's why cat would fuck. Into it. Secondly, we've got a crew of people who help us out financially, and that means the world to us. There's not an amount too small, not an amount too large. We do a subscription service. We put out extra episodes. Uh, if we ever come to your town and you're on a certain tier, you're going to get a live ticket, a free ticket. Live shows are only going to be on Patreon. We put one on here for a sample, but the next one we do, which is 617 in Fort Worth, Texas, you will not receive for free. You know what I'm saying? you got to get in that subscription service. We don't like strangling you, but we need money to continue. That's just how making art works so if you can help us out by going to patreon.com backslash death metal dicks take a look at the subscriptions get a shirt anything like that it helps us out tremendously and if you don't like patreon you can give us a one-time donation via paypal deathmetaldicks at gmail.com is the email address again we love you guys we thank you we're not trying to just bite your off and beg for shit but we're getting bigger and bigger and the better your podcast gets you have a certain reputation to uphold you got to have a good sound you got to have a good product, and we try to work our best on that. We know the content is on lockdown. It takes hours to prepare every episode, so we just want to keep that going, get better and better at that, get better and better at sound, and get better and better on the online game. And all those things, unfortunately, cost money. So I'm done talking about that, but thank you guys for helping. Thank you guys for even sitting through that, because we're about to go into alien territory. And see what type of weird fucking flying things are out in the universe and what they come here for. And why every single time there's an alien, they got to enter somebody somehow. Because they're kind of humanoid. Yeah. Big ass eggheads. Yeah, man. It's just, there's a universal law that I was talking about just today. Everything fucking nuts, dude. Like fish. Did you know fish don't fuck? But what they do is... They fucking spray down and come on some eggs? Yeah, they just see eggs and they're like, oh! And I feel the same way sometimes yeah. when it's omelet season. Yeah. I fucking wake up and see some freshies and just, ooh! That's why I like caviar. Yeah. I know it's got fish come on it. Right. Yeah, well, it's the uncummed on fish that's the caviar. I guess uh, the deluxe part. As far as you know. You can be the one that comes on. Not because if it had come on it, it would turn into a fish, buddy. Not automatically. It takes time. Nah. It gets fertilized. It's like a like a chicken egg. If a How rooster, fast does it get fertilized? There's no not. There's not like a waiting process for the baby to pop out. They just squirt. And no, just... no, it pops out. But man, listen, are you trying to? You're on some pro life shit right now, or I'm on some pro life shit. But no, I think it's pretty instantaneous. Like once the cum bre- like hits the egg, if yeah. it it gets fertilized like instantly, like the cum goes right into the egg, and then that makes it fertilized. Still tastes good. Doon, doon, doon. So you, I mean, you want to come. You can believe whatever you want to. I'll if it helps to eat fresh, fresh, delicious fish eggs, then please go ahead. Now, we got to talk about Travis Walton. When all this shit went down, he was twenty-two years old. He was working as a logger, a lumberjack, essentially. He had a crew of people that he worked tons of jobs with. Now, I looked into it and logging. Lumberjacking, clearing brush, those types of physical labor jobs in the Northwest, in the Southwest, in the Southeast, at this time, pretty good fucking paying gig for manual labor. Now, it's hard-ass work. That's a lot of it. So if you worked a manual labor job, generally it's with a crew, landscaping, construction, road work you always see a gang of people so you're with them for a bunch of time and if you do strenuous activities with people you build close relationships pretty quick 
because one, you have respect for people that are willing to physically work as hard as you are, and two, you're kind of with them anyway. And also to pass the time as you're doing back-breaking work, continuous conversation. And people are usually pretty goddamn funny in manual labor jobs. Like most of the most funny people that I've ever known have worked in restaurants. There's just something about having to work at a back-breaking pace that opens up lines of conversation where people say what they really mean, and it's often hilarious. So this is a tight crew of people, especially Travis Walton's relationship with the owner of the company. So what they're doing mainly is they have a a tree-clearing, brush-clearing company, and they get contracted by private individuals, but mostly the government. And right now they're working in a national forest. So his boss... Mike Rogers owns this company. Uh, Trey's worked with him for a long time. They're so close that Mike is dating Travis's sister at this time and is going to end up marrying her. So they're essentially family members. Uh, And then the rest of the crew is Ken Peterson, John Goulet, Steve Pierce, Alan Dallas, and Dwayne Smith. They all do the same job. They all go out every day and clear brush. This particular job that they're working on right now in Apache Sitgraves Forest, Central Arizona, they're clearing scrub brush. It's near Turkey Springs, Arizona, and the idea is that that's a place that gets super dry and there's fires. So you you want a healthy amount of forest fire, can't give it a ton of fuel. Yeah. So you have to go in and clear out all the excess fuel for the fire, and that's what they're getting paid to do. I believe it's one of the lar- it is the largest uh, forest forest uh, area. In general, for public park, even you know, even though it's in Arizona, which is yeah. a dry fucking climate and exactly. sandy as fuck, right? You know, yeah. So it's huge, and they gotta keep it under control. So it's a high-paying job, yeah. and it's a huge area. So what happens in jobs like this is you have essentially a company, and you're a contractor. So you're going to make a contract with someone who's got the money, and they have a job that they want to get done, and they can't do it. So what they're going to do is use an outside source, give them a contract to finish the job. And to do that, you have to make a bid on how much you think you can do the job for. And I say think, but I guarantee it's something that you're going to go out and research. You know how much you pay people. You know how much your supplies cost. You know the day-to-day, in-and-out way to do your job. So you give them a number, and they come back to you. The point of that is is that this is the company's highest-paying job of all time. It's a big deal. It's like their big break. Now, it's been a company for over 10 years Travis has worked with Mike in this company for seven years, and it's a good company. It seems to be reliable. It seems like all these people have worked there for a long amount of time. Again, everyone's really close. It's a good community. And you know, again, if you do physical labor jobs, if you have a good crew of people, you don't want to lose anybody. You want to take care of people. So when something good happens and people are going to get paid more, that's a great win. So everyone's in a good place. Everyone's excited to be on this job. The problem is, is that when he put in the bid, he was the lowest bid. That's how you get the job. It's a lot of money to them, but the government would have paid someone else normally a lot more. And the reason being is because it's a giant area, and they need it done in a near impossible amount of time. So they start the project, and they realize what they've gotten into. This sounds like a gang fuck video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, man, me and my boys are down to fuck. We ain't going in dry. <laughs> but, hey, you need it done Right now, I got. Hey, I know somebody that'll do it. And there's five of us boys. We got jerseys and everything. But <laughs> hey, we're high five and fucking Eiffel Tower this hog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So they get the crew together and they start working. And then they realize what an immense project that it is. And as that progresses, they they start off doing like a regular eight hour workday maybe four days a week because again one nice thing about being a contractor is you make the contract and they don't give you a amount of hours you have to work how it works is that you have x amount of time to get it completely done for x amount of money so you kind of have to pace yourself and gauge your day they get behind fast so now they're at a crucial conjuncture where they have to beat this deadline they're working from sun up to sundown so they're going out and working 12 to 15 hour days depending on the sun and again it's hard fucking work man so everyone's in a spot where they're starting to get stressed out because you you came into this money 
you know you're going to get paid good, and you get a high from that. You get a raise at work because you got a promotion. You get a high from that. You accepted this promotion. But then at some point, reality sets in that now your job has changed. You're at a higher level of work. You are getting paid more, but you're fucking earning it. And now it feels like you really should ask for more money because you're not getting what you thought you would be. Because work's fucking hard, hence the name. I've had 12-hour logging jobs, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, man. You definitely I've have. I've sat on the toilet for 12 hours, let my legs go numb, and try to saw some fucking blades into those turds, man. It's a hard son of a uh, Hey, since we're uh, recording at my house, I which was, I'm pretty impressed. Like, this is the first time you've been to my house in years that you haven't just come in and taken it shit. You're right. You're right. Congrats, man. Hey, hey also, I mean, I something it. I got to tell you about this RV is that uh, you cannot use the bathroom. Oh, I know. Okay. Just pee out the door. Yeah. That's fine. But yeah, don't use the bathroom, man. It'll fuck everything up. You know how RVs are sensitive as hell. Oh, yeah. You got to dump that shit out, and your piss would just end up staying in there for years. No, you just got an old hose. I know how you work the hose. <laughs> yeah, you got to hose it out. Well, we got to find somebody that's cool that would chug it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, RVs are cool, dude. I mean, they're we're recording in an RV, and you could we could definitely take this boy somewhere. Like, it's huge. It's just 40 feet long. It's a bedroom. All we, it's a table recording out that turns into a bed. This couch turns into a bed. Those fucking chairs lay all the way back. This thing slides out, yeah. so it gets way more spacious. I know. I pushed the button. It was about to do it, and then it didn't oh, do it. I didn't know, man. man. <laughs> See, that's the problem with you is that you just start doing shit, man. <laughs> I ain't been. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck works. I mean, I appreciate didn't. that you got the electricity working and everything, but you fucking will just fuck something up. Hey, man, we ought to get this boy running and do a pop-up episode. Just invite people from a bar and get them on here and I agree. shut the fuck up. Yeah, just... shut the fuck up and take a ride with us. So, high-stress situation. Money and time. That is what stresses everyone out, and that's what we're dealing with here. So, we're going to go to November 5th, 1975. Normal day of work. They arrived at 6 a.m. They're leaving work as the sun sets at 6 p.m. All seven of them jump in Roger's truck, which is normal. They all live in Snowflake. Sounds like a liberal haven. Yeah. He is Snowflake. That's one of the... You know what I hate about politics and the internet combining? Is when someone has a term. The term comes up. It just gets driven into the fucking ground. And Snowflake has got to be the worst by far because I think somebody called uh, s- someone who got upset about something that Trump said a snowflake in the first place. That's the first time I remember seeing it. And it was like, ooh, burn. But then everyone started saying it. And then anytime someone on the opposite side of the politics gets upset, they call them a snowflake. So now every time anyone gets upset, they get called a snowflake. And then there's memes that are like, snowflakes are a delicate, unique thing. There's no two alike. So, yes, I'm proudly a snowflake. Like, man, fuck you, the internet. Yeah, what happens is You're like corny as hell. Hundreds of thousands of snowflakes, they fuck up your kid's school day and your work day. And then you got to hang out with your kids all day, whining and complaining and doing all kinds of dumb shit. So, snowflakes are actually, I don't give a, I don't even know where I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm tired of the internet. I'm tired of shit. politics. I tried to make a liberal snowflake joke, and I'm mad at myself for doing it. I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, man. Sorry. If you want to go in that back bathroom and end it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're here for me? I'll, I'll try to talk you out of it, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. So the entire crew reported, even when interviewed separately, that right after they started to drive home, they saw a bright light from behind a hill. And like any crew of loggers, manly, determined, they investigate... And this, I live for this moment. Investigating some shit, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. When you get a chance to just look into something that you that could be trouble, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to get all the time. I, I, will, I like a tense situation, and I like adventure, and I'm always horny for it. Conan. So, you know, they drive closer to it instead of going away from it. And they all see a silvery disc hovering above a clearing and shining brightly, and it's fucking huge. They describe it as 8 feet high and 20 feet in diameter, like Buddy's butthole. Or my upper back. Yeah. I got a hunchback. You do have a hunchback. I'm fixing it, though. Yeah? I'm working on it. How you doing that? Just some stretching. 
You just stretching it out? There's some stretching, some rolling, some fucking weightlifting. You know what? I remember telling you so many times that you could sort that guy out by, like, working on it, and you were just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> hey, but, hey, I looked at some shit, and I was like, man, if I have to have that surgery to fix it, that ain't Nah, good. you can stretch it out. Yeah. For sure. I'm going to fix it. Yeah, you're, I mean. You're I mean, s- fuck, hey, if anybody that's a pro skateboarder wants to fucking ramp up this old boy, come on. Yeah, if you guys have never seen Buddy's Back before, you got to turn in to the Death Metal Dicks YouTube, which now... It's just death metal dicks. You just give it a look, and there we are. Reading rainbow in it. Yeah. That's reading rainbow. So this huge, eight foot high, 20 foot in diameter, hovering disc, stops the truck dead in its track. Walton jumps out and runs towards the disc. The crew says that they pleaded with Walton to come back. Don't do it. Quit fucking around. And he says, no, I got to see this shit. And continues towards the disc, running. He gets right under the disc. The disc begins making noise like a large turbine, which is a giant fan that sucks, you know? Just like a... Not in a good way. No, 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 no. Not like sucks your dick, but like sucks the life out of you. Yeah, you know when it's a good suck when it sounds like an old Chevy starting up. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that grapefruit lady freaks me the fuck out. Oh, I'm just yeah. trying to think about how you get something in your mouth and you're like. I mean, that, <laughs> does she freak you out in a good way? Or you no, freaked? man. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I freaked her, man. Oh, man. I hate going. We got off subject a lot already. But, dude, we listened to and in the entire Rick James Greatest Hits, which, first of all, is great. The audacity of Rick James. He put 32 songs on that motherfucker. And all of them are like eight minutes long. And they're all the same song. Yeah. There's a fast one and a slow one. And that's it. And the fast one is just like, but yeah, but no, Rick James rips, dude. Hey, you like, know what? I'm, he's the only black dude to ever fucking bone Linda Blair. Man, he's boned everybody. He was wild as fucking. He was bad as hell. He's a cool motherfucker. Bad as man. hell. And just his voice is powerful. So many times, just like. Like it was oh, yeah. eight different levels, and you're like, Voice of God, an angel, man. damn, he's cool. Where's that car? Yeah, he, he, I like Rick James. Rick James is better than Prince any day of the fucking week. Man. Nah, shut up. Rick James is tremendous. Prince is okay. You're fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I just listened to the greatest hits. I'm well versed. Rick James is man, better than Prince. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely so. I'm the person that got you to like Prince. Rick James is better right. than Prince. A hundred percent. I like Rick James, but he ain't better than... Be- no, he's f- way better than Prince, dude. Uh, what are you a- listening to? The fucking Radiohead cover? Get the fuck out of here. Slap a Rick head James. on your goddamn dumbass head, you James. retard, because that Rick- ain't true. No, it's for sure true. You fucking... Well, let's get back to this. Huge. Shut the fuck up. What are you... Your forehead's <laughs> huge, you dumb fuck. I can slap a billboard on that son of a bitch. Your forehead's equal or bigger. No. Yeah. What do you? You can just say no and make it true. What? What are you basing this on? Your fucking face is like Burnside Skate Park. You can ollie the gap between the front two teeth. <laughs> Your eyeballs are like bowls. Yeah. Your fucking nostrils <laughs> are long tramp. Man, my back is the biggest ramp in the park. If you could see a the difference in me and just use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're real good looking, man, and you got a whole stable full of fine ladies to back that up. Nope, anyway, <laughs> you do too. <laughs> yeah, well, I do though. Pretty much our wives. That's yeah, it. <laughs> Walton. <laughs> so God, man, we fucked this whole thing up. <laughs> I know we didn't. We were at like a tense moment and just shit all over. All right, let's go back to this. So the truck stops. Walton jumps out and he runs towards the disc. The crew pleaded with Walton, man, come back, quit fucking around. But Walton says no and continues running full force towards the disc. Finally, he gets right under the disc and begins looking up, and the disc begins making noise, a large turbine. That scares Walton, and he begins to back away cautiously. When the disc shot out a beam of blue-green light and struck Walton, and then he rose a foot in the air. And he was shot back 
his body all the way sprawled out, but stiffly about 10 feet. And he appeared to be controlled by the light, which he was still caught in. And as he shot 10 feet up, he shot 10 feet away, and his right shoulder hit the earth. His body sprawled limply over the ground. And as they started to gather their thoughts on what they were going to do to medically attend to him, bam, he's gone in the blink of an eye. They were just looking at Walton being sucked into this craft by a beam of light and then slammed on the ground, and then all of it was gone. Walton and the disc, instantly. And all six of them say that this is exactly what they saw. They said it investigated countless times. They said it over 42 years. Some took it to their fucking grave. And they had deathbed moments, and they never went back on it. Now, there is some fishy stuff that's going to come up, in the next episode, so don't take me 100% here, but I, it's fishy because there's always money involved. Anytime something gets wonky with a story, there's money involved. And, of course, we'll get more into that next week because there's only so much time to explain the actual event this week. So, he's gone. That's it. There is no more Walton as far as they're concerned. And that is something, if you could imagine, looking at your friend and then not... I mean, there's no way he could run away. There's no way anything could have happened. You're staring at something physically happening to them, and then all of a sudden, in the same moment that you're trying to wrap your brain around what's happening, they're completely gone. I wish that would happen to you so many times. Yeah, but I'll come back with a huge dick and fuck your face. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what a great reward from the alien gods. You just go into some weird inner dimension, and then I'm like, God damn it, man. Fuck yeah. You know that. He's gone. I don't got to do it. Then I'll. Your mouth would be like a fucking, uh, whenever you crack open a can of treat, which is off brand spam, and it's got that fucking fat (laughs) film around it. (laughs) I haven't seen that. I've never opened a can of treat in my life. It's rough, man. Why would you not get spam? It's like the same price. Because treat is treat. (laughs) (laughs) I like how treat doesn't even have an A in it, it's just T R E E T. Trit. It's bad. Get some of that trit. Yeah, man, I got no problem with spam. I didn't have spam until I was an adult, so it never affected me in the offensive way that it affects most children. You know what I'm saying? I got no qualms with spam. It's good. I like it. If you cook it, it's great. Yeah. I, a, a masubi? I, a spam masubi? That's uh, a tremendous snack right there, one man. one of my favorites, man. A coconut beer and a fucking masubi, man. Woo! Making me miss the tropics. Uh, you know, they're getting blown the fuck away by a volcano right now. What? You know that Hawaii's got an active volcano going off right now? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. they got lots of volcanoes. Yeah, yeah, but it's been a long time since one went like this. It's not it's not Honolulu where we were at, but it's Kauai, I believe. Yeah. It's just a giant active volcano with fissures opening up, and they've had to evacuate the islands, and then you got, like, the noxious gas coming from... The volcano, so I'm pretty sure everyone had to evacuate. And you know how those fucks are about everything. They're stubborn as shit. Hawaiian people, man. They're late to every party, even the one that involves evacuating for safety. I mean, I appreciate the Hawaiian people. I like what what they got going on. I like rebellion. I like resistance. I like laid back. And they're doing all those things well. There comes a point in... Not trusting the government when uh, you got to listen a little bit, at least, to the goddamn volcano warning. So get out of there safe if you're listening in Hawaii. And I actually know that we do have several people listening in Hawaii. For some reason, it doesn't say the specific island, which is weird to me, because on everything else that I'd look at the stats, it'll say the city that it's in. But uh, Hawaii, there is one for Honolulu, but the rest of it will just be like Hawaii. It's fucking weird to me. We got Chinese listeners, man. Yeah, I believe it. Chinese. One of them posted on uh, Twitter. Wild. I, I don't know how we could break into that barrier. Well, <laughs> Chinese uh, fandom. Well, Asia in general, man, has a huge metal. They have a huge. Oh metal yeah, community. yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So I mean, you know, you got bands like uh, fucking. What's the name of that band? That's really fucking Diafago. Yeah. All right. Visceral Fest. What about Loudness? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah Loudness claps, dude. Uh, our friend Jerry was cranking some loud listening for me the other day. But no, that's good. That's a good-ass band. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and, and again, the shock, the sheer terror of somebody that you love as a person 
getting sucked away in front of your eyes. You can imagine the type of panic that ensues. Uh, at 7.30 p.m., so now we've basically elapsed the time of 90 minutes. Now, my main question is, right, For and I'm going to point out things along the way that I've, I I have a personal problem with the story. And, I spe- you know, next week we're going to do a deep dive into is what most likely bullshit. But one of my main questions about this whole thing is, is going to come up right now. It's 7.30, right? So the way the event is described is that, well, okay, I think I figured it out, just thinking it out right now. But the way the event is described is that it's 6 o'clock on the way out of the forest, so pretty close to 6 o'clock, they see the disc. He runs to the disc, so that's not like they spent a lot of time being around it. He ran to it, and then all of a sudden he's smashed by it and then gone. So that leaves a lot of time in between them, but I can understand where it's 1975. They don't have cell phones. Yeah. Had to make their way to a phone. I don't. I mean, I guess it could take that long. It didn't look like on the map that the town was that far away, but maybe that's what happened because it's it's it, when you get to a situation like this where some out of the ordinary event happened, and you're going to have to explain it to authorities and and more people. Every second counts. There's no unaccounted for time that you can't question. You have to know everything that was going on. It's like, okay, so we're now we're in the truck and we have to drive 45 minutes away, and I know what was happening here. So in in that time period, that does give somebody that does give six people the opportunity to get on the same page, right? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that is thought of immediately is that they killed him. And they came up with this insane story to cover it up. And so that's going to get debunked. But that would give, it's like you can't, if something instantly happens, and even if it's just two people, like if me and Buddy, who are best friends, saw some shit happen, like we're we're always going to cover for each other. We've covered for each other enough that we know how the other person thinks generally. We know how to answer for each other. So we know... If, if someone had to interrogate us about a sketchy event involving us, we're probably going to be able to cover for each other pretty good, but there's no way experts like us even would have exact same stories. It takes time. And I would think that if you knew each other really well and had an hour to talk about it, you could probably seal that up. If yeah. everyone stuck to it, you could probably knock that out in an hour. They're just sitting down, like, okay, here's everything that happened. Here's all the details that we have to get covered. Because you got to think, this is what's so hard about crime, is that when you're going to be in an interrogation, they're going to ask you about every single thing, and they're going to ask you again and again, and they're going to reorder it, and they're going to throw other things at you to get your mind off of what you're thinking about, to go down a different road and then bring you back so they can shake you up and see if they can waver you from any answer that you had the entire time. That's how interrogations work. It's tactics. It's ways to break your mind up to get you to go away from a lie. Because, again, lying's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And you have to concentrate on it. So if your concentration gets shifted elsewhere and they can, bam, hit you with another question while your brain's over here, they're going to catch you in a lie. Yeah. And so it, it takes time. But if you're good friends with somebody, that would be a lot easier. So an hour of time, I would think, would be a pretty fair amount of time for them to come up with this whole story had they killed him. I I, I think maybe the uh, Skinwalker Ranch episode is when I talked about my weird thing, I don't know. I, I, I can't say whether or not that was something extraterrestrial or something else, but that was a very weird situation for me, period. But, you know, I still I still have an open mind. Maybe that wasn't that, or maybe it was. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? But it's just fucking weird. There's a lot of weird shit that happens that we can't explain. Yeah. And so sometimes we seek out things that are fucking out of the norm, to say to things because we like sexy shit. Yeah. You know, period. Yeah. Anything that, that is revolves around, like, I don't have to worry about my 40-hour work week. I don't have to worry about taking care of kids. I don't have to worry about paying bills. Anything like that. Something that pops up out of there, like, oh, man, that's cool, you know. And and that's what people want, but I don't know. There's, there's things that do happen like that, and you just got to fucking roll with it and fucking suck the butt. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not an asshole at all. There is the unexplained. There certainly is an element. I don't know if it's supernatural or not, but you can't explain everything that happens. There's no neat package explanation for everything that goes on in the world. 
But it, again, when you're investigating something, you have to look at it like that. You have to explore every angle, and you actually have to explore the angle that this is a supernatural event just to try to wrap your mind about what could have possibly happened. So they call the police around 7.30. Again, a pretty big gap in time. And they call from Heber, Arizona, which isn't even Snowflake. It's near Snowflake. Deputy Sheriff Chuck Ellison answers the phone. All on the phone, Peterson simply told Ellison that they had lost a member of their logging crew, and they, they'd spent time trying to find him, and they, they couldn't find him anywhere. So Ellison gets in the patrol car, drives to a shopping center where they're at, which is when they relayed to him the story. They said, hey, our friend was, we, we saw this giant spherical object. We know it sounds crazy. He walked underneath it. A beam of light grabbed him. It slung him around. He is definitely injured because it smashed him to the ground. And then all of a sudden, he was gone. We looked around for him. We tried to think out what happened. We, we could not figure it out. And so we instantly rushed to relay the story to you. Now, Ellison says he was skeptical of the account. But when he recalled it, three of the men were absolutely hysterical. And he's a police officer. He's seen it all. He knows what lies look like. Everyone lies to cops. Every conversation a cop has, they go into it assuming that they're being lied to to protect the interest of whoever's talking to them. And he goes to say several times, if they were acting, they're tremendous actors. They were in hysterics. And you would be. Because, again, your best friend is missing. It's not just a regular person that you saw get sucked up by a an aircraft. It's one of your best friends. You can't find where they're at. You're going to be fucking losing your shit, you know? Yeah. Ellison does his duty. He notifies his superior, which is Sheriff Marlon Gillespie. And he told Ellison to keep the crew where they're at in Heeper until he could arrive with Officer Ken Copeland to interview the men, which... The crew doesn't like that because three of them are in hysterics and the other three want to go back to the woods and see if they can find their friend. So they, they have to wait. It, it takes about an hour for Copeland and Gillespie to, to arrive and then hear the story. The police and some of the crew, which did not include Pierce, Smith, and Goulette, who were too upset, which, again, this is another thing that sounds suspect to me. So I understand. Like I just said, your friend's gone. Traumatic. You're going to be fucked up. That's a life-changing event, and it's going to be hard to come to terms with it, especially not fast. I get that. But at the same time, man, I would be chomping at the bit to go look in the forest to find out where he's at. Absolutely. That would be my main thing. I would be mad that I had to wait, that I would be in hysterics over that. I'd be losing my shit. I wouldn't have waited there. I would have, I would have found a way to get out there. Uh, but being in hysterics to the point... Where you're too upset to go look for him, that that doesn't math out to me at all. And the the three return to Snowflake to tell friends and family. And again, if you had to send someone to tell them, because again, there's not cell phones, uh, you don't need three of you to go. I wouldn't want to be the one that goes either. I would want to get in the shit, take a look, and see what the fuck's going on. But that's not how I went down. And when the officers arrived at the scene of abduction... Now they've got an entire crew, an entire police force. they got the search and rescue team coming out. They became more suspicious of the story because they can't find any physical evidence. Now, me and Buddy saw a guy get hit by a truck. <sighs> and he got blown out of his shoes. One of his shoes went on one side of the street. One of his shoes went on the other side of the street. Now, he was riding a skateboard. And a truck was coming at about 40 miles an hour, I would say. An old truck, a strong truck. He this jumped. actually could have been me, but luckily I was drunk enough that I couldn't stay on a skateboard. Yeah. I mean, you can't really stay on a skateboard anyway. Yeah, I But can't. if you factor in being drunk, oh, yeah, because you were a pro skateboarder. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I could definitely still skate. I could fuck up a lot of shit still, and I'm fucking 30. Man, I don't think so. But anyway, you were trying to, and someone tried to show you better, and what they ended up doing was skating out into the street and then getting crushed by, like, a 1994 Chevy. Should have hit you in the face with a baseball bat and skated your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do shit to me. I will kill you. And so we saw this kid get hit by a fucking truck. And when it happened, he jumped at just the right time. He did about 87 car wheels, and that's not an exaggeration. And then he smashed <laughs> yeah. his head on the concrete. But what happened is, is that his fucking shoes went in entirely opposite directions. And one was a cool 500 feet away 
on the left side of the road, and one was like a thousand feet away on the right side of the road. So if something did pick you up and had the force to throw you up ten feet and away ten feet, and you hit the ground, you're losing a goddamn shoe. Something's changing. There's yeah. going to be some physical evidence. It's going to be a hard impact. There's going to be blood, a shoe, something. And I guess unless the metaphysical aspect of this light was to change that is the only thing I can think of. But, you know, the, the police aren't buying that shit. And when you get police in a group, they're definitely not buying that shit. They're going to be suspicious of everything, and they're going to be being fucking assholes like cops always do, and they're not going to be hearing the shit. Uh, and it was reported to the police officers that Walton is only wearing jeans, a denim jacket, and a T-shirt. And this is the mountains. Even though it's Arizona, when you think of Arizona, you think of, like, Phoenix, which is hot as fuck, but even Phoenix gets cold as shit at nighttime because not only is it mountains, but it's like a desert. So the temperature drops. They're in mountains. It's going to get cold as fuck. And if somebody is outside overnight in November, they can easily lose their life to hypothermia. So police supposedly put hard pressure on this and work around the clock that night to try to find their friend. Which probably, I mean, maybe there was a quick trip back then. Who yeah. knows? Those cops could have been busy looking for a body. They could have been getting taquitos. They could have been getting fucking two thirty packs of beer. Oh hell yeah! Well, if you gotta look for somebody, man, you're gonna be outside anyway. You're gonna be out there for a few hours, man. You might as well get drunk as hell. Get a couple of Kentucky cigars, which are yeah, taquitos. Right. Pop them in your old vest. Yeah. Get a couple of ice cold Miller High Life and just fucking hit the trails, brother. Man, I want to do it. Let's do it. I want to go look for somebody. Man, can one of y'all go missing, please? And then just tell your family to call us so we can come down and investigate. We will this investigate. Shit. We'll make a show out of it. We'll find yeah, your ass. It'll be cool as fuck. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, you're, there they are. And hopefully, you're not naked and your butt's cracked smooth open like a baked potato with sour cream in And we'll shit. have taquitos and beer to share with you when we find your body. Lots of them, man. I can could, I could straight <laughs> up have, you know how they make packs of Swisher Sweets? Yeah. Man, taquito sweets. <laughs> hey, brother. Taquito house. That's our rap label for sure. Taquito house, man. <laughs> it, yeah, as soon as somebody wants to make a rap album, man, we'll put it out on taquito to, sweets. Get the, <laughs> taquito house records. Uh, man. So, Rogers and Kaplan become even more suspicious when they go back to town and tell Walton's mother, Mary Walton Kellett, who lived on a small ranch at Bear Creek, which is about 10 miles outside of Snowflake. They sit her down, they tell her the account of what the men said happened. They give her the facts that her son is indeed missing. She asks them to repeat it and then calmly asks the cops if anyone other than the police and the eyewitnesses knew the story. She seemed awfully unconcerned about the whereabouts of her son, more concerned but calmly with the story getting out, which leads police to believe that there's a lot more known about the disappearance of this man than the, this group of people is letting on. Now, the mother knows everybody in the party. She lives close to it. You would think that you would find her in a state of shock. It's a mother. Now, it was said that when the police weren't there and it all hit her, she broke down. But that's just the word of friends. That's not the word of the authorities. The authorities made a big deal out of this. They wrote it. It was like... A huge thing for them that his mom did not freak out about him being missing. Now, she called Dwayne Walton, which is her second oldest, around 3 a.m. He left his home in Glendale and drove to Snowflake. He arrives the morning of November 6th. After driving all night and getting there, he meets up with uh, the owner of the company, and they go to the police. They go first to the site, and they notice, hey, man. It's a fucking overnight, but it's only like 6 a.m., and there's no cops here doing shit. What the fuck? So naturally, they become enraged, and they drive to the sheriff's department, kick the door open, start screaming at people, trying to figure out why there's not cops there, and the cops actually get off their ass. They get rescue dogs, horses, 4x4s, a helicopter gets in the air, and they're doing like a classic search and rescue mission now, but it's been a lot, man. The time, and like I said, the cops did go out and look, and, and what's weird, too, is that the friends left. So the friends left, and the cops left. 
I don't. It's not something that I I can understand. I can understand cops leaving because they're cops. And I bet the cops left because the fucking friends left. You know what I'm saying? The cops were like, well, if they don't give a shit, we don't give a shit. And then now, who knows how long overnight it was. And on top of that, the the cops, you know, like I've been saying, are skeptical as fuck. You know what I mean? They're not buying this shit. All right? So the, the thing about them not buying it that you would think would make them look more is because, like I said, they, they, were, they say that they were suspicious that it was a murder. Or the guy just disappeared, and they're trying to, you know, something nefarious happened to the guy. So you would think that they would be more motivated to get out there and find a body, you know. But it's like the the, the deputy's trying to play a game where he thinks that they're going to come to him and just confess what happened instead of being out there looking for him. So when the family gets on his ass, they're like, oh, shit. But if he was out there, that's a whole night. Again, he could have easily died from hypothermia. He could have easily made an escape to wherever the fuck he wanted to. I mean, both those are, are, are very distinct possibilities. And so uh, once the, the actual rescue investigation kicks off, they're on the hunt. And this man is missing. He's nowhere to be yeah. found. And uh, we're going to wrap this up next week. Wrapping it up like a condom in a butt. So right now, Walton's missing. Don't know where he's at. We're going to see if we can find him. And then we're going to figure out what happened with this story towards the future, you probably already know what happened. If you don't know what happened, don't spoil it for yourself because this shit's wild as hell. Wild as hell. It's you know, a wild it's one. A, out of control. It's where things go from a simple um, missing persons case with a, with a paranormal twist into real deep alien country. So tune in to that next week. And, you know, here, we here at Death Metal Digs like to compare a death metal song to gnarly events such as this. And this week we picked Cephalic Carnage. Fuck. Yeah, we forgot the name of the song. It's fine. It's the Fall at Carnage. We're going to crank the song up on here. And like it's just me and Buddy this week. We're DIYing it. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Thanks for checking us out on the YouTube. Uh, we love you guys. We thank you so much. Make sure you come. If you're in the vicinity, if you're anywhere within 150 miles of Fort Worth, Texas, I expect to see you June 17th. We're going to have a good fucking time. Man, let's have a banging fucking party. I want to yeah. hang the fuck out, dude. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, uh, we got a host house. The guy's putting the show on. I don't know if he wants us to bring everybody over there. And frankly, I don't care. So we're going to make something. We're going to make a move. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. going to make a big fucking move. And uh, we're, we're trying to take we're trying to, to take this show live, nationwide. And we could definitely do it. Absolutely. We, we're a lot of fun. And we want to come out there with you fucking sick horror freaks and shake hands and drink beers. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see you out there. Godspeed. You know what I'm saying? Godspeed. There's a lot of there's a lot of negative in this world. You know, there's a lot of devil. There's a lot of aliens. There's a lot of fucking kidnappers. There's a lot of murderers out there. But let me tell you this: Godspeed. All right. Shoutouts. Shoutouts to the patrons. These guys help us so much fiscally. They help us mentally. They're there for us. One thing that you can talk to all of us on, including most of the patrons, and just a great community of people that we've met through doing this podcast, which is one of our main goals, is uh, we'd like to do it with live shows, you know? Yeah. We like to physically put our hand in your hand, but online's the next best thing. We talk to a lot of people. We love hearing from you. So don't be afraid to reach out on social media. Uh, We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. We've now been using Twitter. Man, please follow us on Twitter. I don't know a fucking thing about Twitter, but I know people like it, and I'm trying. I'm trying my best, and I've already given up on it pretty much, as usual. So, uh, Twitter, Death Metal Dicks. You can follow me, Death Metal Chris. Instagram is uh, Smells Like Teen Chris and Lloyd Have Mercy 666. We just go by our regular names on Facebook. I'm just Chris Pierce on Facebook now because people are having a hard time finding me. I think I'm maxed out on friends, but I'd like to delete a cool handful of people every day so you yeah. guys can add me on there. So, uh, man, and don't ever be afraid to reach out to us. Message, whatever, whatever you got going on. We're here for you. We usually answer back. If it takes some time, just bear with us. Uh, and and uh, we got this group of patrons, these people that we've met through doing the podcast that like what we're doing so much that they fiscally contribute to us. And that means the world to us because it knows what we're doing. It helps us know what we're doing is worthwhile. We love you guys for this, and we thank you for helping us produce this podcast. You guys are the main reason we keep the shit going. we got to thank Casey Gaden. we got to thank Matt Mess, Ryan Parker, Cam Catron, Bobby Henson, Jeffrey Ross, the Bradshaws, tons of people out there that help us through Patreon. And we have a certain tier where we'll shout you out in every episode because, goddamn, it's just unbelievable 
that you would give us a, a nice amount of cash and just keep the wheels of this motherfucker turning. You know what I'm saying? Thank you all so much. We hope to see you on the road. We hope that you tune in next week. Hope you tell your friends about this shit. Hey, before we do this shit, yeah. I do want to give one shout out, man. All right. I work at a uh, a shelter, and I just want to go. I want to get my today's my boss's birthday. She's cool as fuck. She's uh she's a mother to a lot of children, man. Does she listen to this podcast? She does. All right. Her okay. name is Megan. All right. She's cool as fuck. You know. So. Hey, birthday shout outs too. We should start doing birthday shout outs. We should do birthday shout outs. People are man. cool. Uh, man, a friend that I fucking grew up with. His parents actually took me in when I was in high school. Phil Turner, I love him. I appreciate him. I appreciate your boss. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday, man. Uh, we love y'all. Eat ass and listen to Candlemas. We'll see you next week. You know what I mean?